Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 27 of Into It. I am Sal. And I'm Lyndon. And we are back, episode 27. It's going to get some uh, ASMR vibes because we got uh, Bobbises <laughs> around town. Yes, there is an infant near me, so I need to I need to keep it down because that baby peed on me twice a day and I don't want no smoke. Yeah, they I do don't that. want no smoke. They do that. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what's up with you? What is up with me? I started my new job this week. It's yes, how's been that going? Going well. I feel like I, I have so much training, so nothing's mm. real, if that <laughs> makes sense. I understand. But I understand. all my coworkers are nice. Um, yeah, so far so good. I can't really complain. What else is going on? Um, not much, not much. That's Literally pretty much it. It's been week. my like main focus. <laughs> I need to get back into working out, and I want to start establishing a routine. It's just been tough with my work schedule because it's literally been all over the place. So no, no. honestly, working out get that ironed out soon. My cardiovascular health is worrisome, but that's a conversation for my doctor. The they other day. <laughs> I bent over to pick up one of my records, and okay. the next two days, my thighs were so sore. Are you serious? I, I am. I'm not kidding. Like, that's how bad it is. No. It was bad. That was bad. I was like, the first day, I was like, oh, my God, I'm sore. And then the next day, I was like, still? What the fuck? Yeah, so it's not good. I have, like, the body of, like, a 60-year-old right now. I'm so out of shape. It's so bad. That was me the other day when I did my crumping battle in my bedroom. I was sore for literally the next 36 hours. I mentioned it last week how I literally had a crumping battle with me and my mirror. Yes. And the mirror won. Well, not only did it win in the battle, but my thighs were in so much. Yeah, my I'm knees. Sure. I that. need to understand where they buy knees like Megan the Stallion, Beyonce. Because oh, I know the cracks oh. that my knees experience. <laughs> Retweets. At my age of twenty-two years old, it's, it's worrisome. <laughs> it's worrisome. I am so scared. <laughs> but other than that, how have you been? Good. I'm just, right. I'm just tired. This baby is not tired. my baby. Y'all, it's not my baby. I'm and not you're pregnant. you're still tired. Yeah, I'm it's not auntie. her baby. It's not <laughs> 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 but I mean, I guess it's just adjusting to the sleep schedule. Because did you know babies literally have to wake up every two to three hours? Like, if you don't feed a baby within oh, three yeah. hours, you have to wake them up to feed them. Nonstop. And then they sleep what all the day. And then they sleep all day, and then you hold them all day as they fart in your hands, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe it's you worth it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but he's cute. He's cute, so I'm actually doing okay. Good, good. All right, well, that kind of concludes our intro. We got not much else to talk about, but that's okay, <laughs> because we have so many hot topics to discuss today. Oh, I have no. about five pages of notes, so... Oh. Get a nice snack, get something together, and uh, get ready, because we're going to talk. Chai tea? I support that. Yes, I needed the caffeine desperately, Jesus Christ. Yes. (laughs) So, we're going to be back after this. (laughs) 
And we are back. This is the part of the episode where we get into it on all the juicy news, hot gossip. First off, this news broke pretty much right after we recorded last week. What was it? Um, Larry King passed away. Oh my god, is that why people have been posting so much about him? Yeah, you didn't hear about that? No. I was like, why do people, like, he's a legend, but why do people keep posting about him? I guess none of the posts I saw were like, he's dead. Yeah, so, I mean, I heard a couple weeks back when he was hospitalized with COVID. And, I didn't know that. I mean, he's no spring chicken. He was 87 years old, and I was okay. even concerned then. I was like, oh my god, this isn't good news. And yeah. I'm assuming, allegedly, he passed away from that at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Um, and... It's just a shame. I mean, he was an icon, yeah. whether it be on CNN with his show for how many years, and then he translated that over to YouTube. I mean, no one did it like him. He oh, was yeah. so he was ahead of the curve. Just straightforward, though. Like his style <laughs> cracks me <laughs> up because he would have these like eccentric celebrities, say Madonna, on there, and. <laughs> I don't like he's he was just your typical guy, but he would be interviewing these. I don't know. These people had, had so many layers to them that I feel you mm-hmm. wouldn't expect him to know about. And he was he wasn't shy in expressing that. Um, they were showing one clip with um, Jerry Seinfeld, who I can't stand. I think he's an obnoxious prick. But <laughs> OK, tell us how you really feel. But they were talking about how. Larry King style was not to research anybody b- beforehand. He never prepared any that. questions, nothing. He wanted it to be like spot on. And they were showing this clip of Jerry Seinfeld, who was just like being so fucking obnoxious and was like, wait, you mean to tell me you don't know? I had the highest like uh, running show of all time. Are you kidding me? I mean, who, who set who set this up? And Go watch it on YouTube. He's just no, an I asshole. Will. I will never forgive him after the whole Kesha incident. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember that? He was doing an interview on the red carpet for something. Mm-hmm. And Kesha went up to him. And of course, I mean, I don't expect Jerry Seinfeld to know who Kesha is. And she was just like, hi, can I have a hug? And he was like, no, thanks. No. But like the way he said it was just so blunt and just yeah. like kind of rude and i don't know I that's just hate celebrities that like assume that everybody knows their information oh and yeah and he's definitely like, yes i kind of like that larry king just went into it just raw <laughs> i know <laughs> like that's just so much <laughs> no but he did his thing and apparently he interviewed by his count more than sixty thousand subjects when he was on cable up until 2010 oh so imagine how many 10 years after that but yeah. um it's crazy man he interviewed everyone from freaking vladimir putin to oh really <laughs> yeah they were showing that i never watched that interview but i saw it in i guess the memoriams that they did and i was like oh well mm. see i mean i guess it's also probably why a lot of people because i know like Whoopi goldberg really liked being interviewed and like talking with larry king and i think that appeal of like somebody you're talking to has no idea who you are they might have an idea of what you do but don't really know the logistics of it like that must be so humanizing if that that's exactly you took the words right out of my mouth and that's a big aspect i feel that was always in his interviews 
they were so it, it wasn't like the typical you know celebrity questions that they always ask he would just ask about you know their own everyday life and yeah. their own i guess psyche if you will just Wait, that's an so cute. everyday person Aww. but now i'm sad <laughs> yeah rest in peace larry king that was a shame yeah. big loss in other news did you hear about this trey songs mess at the kansas city game no so he was arrested late sunday after he was caught on camera arrested. yeah um in a brawl with a cop oh, oh. um at the kansas city chiefs game Oh, my God. Footage from TMZ showed him slouching in his seat in the stadium. And they were talking to him for a second. And then, I mean, there were several notices, like a a guard or somebody went up to him. I watched the video briefly. They went Mm -hmm. up to him a few times. And then, finally, Trey Songz threw the first punch. Apparently, at one Mm. point, he had the officer in a headlock. Oh. Um. And fans around, you know, the incident, you could hear them in the background telling them, you know, Trey, don't do it. There were people even saying that he did nothing wrong. Now, Kansas City police said in a statement that fans at the game between the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills complained about a man who was not following COVID-19 related protocols and other mm. code of conduct rules for fans, such as not being disruptive, intoxicated or using obscene language. I was going to say, why are there people at a game? That, (laughs) see, that was my (laughs) first question. But let me just briefly say this. In the video, Songs was not wearing a mask. And he was pretty much resisting arrest with several officers before he was taken away in handcuffs. But might I also add that there was at least one officer without a mask and others with masks not completely covering their faces. Mm. So... I, I mean, there aren't really a lot of details about this. I mean, there was a mugshot of him in jail. So, I, I mean, I don't know the root cause of what happened. A lot of fans who were in the stands said that he did nothing wrong. But, I mean, we've seen 10-year-old black kids get the exactly. cops called on them for having a lemonade stand. So, who knows <laughs> what exactly. so, I feel this. like my instinct is to go with Trey Songs. But my other instinct is like we are in a Panera Bread. Like we, we there should not have been bread. a game in the first place. So I blame whoever greenlit the idea that you can go to a game. Absolutely. And there were a lot of people in that stand from what I saw. <laughs> you will not catch me there, first of all. The way that stadiums are set up, they are not set up to be socially distant in any way, shape, or form. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, the no. NFL, it's all about money. Except I mean, I don't even me. think they should be playing personally no they shouldn't be playing and i know it's a big thing that a lot of nfl players because of you know family members and stuff were scared to go back to work absolutely give these people a rest ain't they got enough money as it is yeah can y'all stop profiting off of black bodies please i can't (laughs) next topic (laughs) um okay larsa pippen (laughs) so did you watch tiger king of course. Okay. Do you know Larsa Pippen? We talked about her earlier. She was with. She had the whole beef with um, Kim Kardashian. They were good friends, and then they kind of broke up. Oh, she was on yes, the Real yes, Housewives the of Miami a few Miami, years back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Pete is looking to put Doc Antle in <laughs> USDA crosshairs because Larsa Pippen posted pictures with some of his exotic animals. Mm-hmm. But okay. Doc said that Pete has got it 
the wrong way around. Do you remember Doc Antle? He had all those yes, women. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so they fired off a letter to the U.S. Department of Agriculture requesting investigation into the Tiger King star for alleged violations of the Animal Welfare Act um, stemming from this recent picture. But what about the picture is violating it? So they've already been on his case about photographing with these I was tigers say, in public. He in jail, like recently, yeah, about I, the tigers and stuff like allegedly, that. Allegedly, maybe. So Who apparently, knows? this is already violating law that there's like public display of these animals. They're okay. also worried because Larsa and her kids were in close contact with them, and as well as an infant chimpanzee, and they're just worried about COVID because they don't want to put the animals Ooh. at risk in contracting it. Oh, that's true. I forgot animals can catch COVID. Yeah. So Ansel says that he claims Larsa took a tour, which included goofing around with the tiger cubs and primates before shooting for a PSA on wild tiger conservation. Ooh. Okay. He said that it was a closed set with larger adolescent tigers in a pool with strict protocols in place that are compliant with USDA guidelines and recommendations. Bottom line, I'm just like rich people. Like, do you people have nothing better to do? (laughs) And also, too, like, free the fucking tigers. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand why there's so many tigers in captivity in the United States. There's more tigers in captivity than there are in the wild. I'm going to look up her Instagram and see if she... Also, why is she in everybody's business? Girl, we don't know you. Because she just wants... To, she is not known for anything except exactly. being married to Scottie Pippen. And they got a fucking divorce. Like, girl, sit down. <laughs> like, just I mean, the once, show did down. not do well, sis. So, Relax. Yeah, so it's this picture of her in a pool with the frickin' tiger, and it says, spent the day with some friends, Myrtle Beach Safari. Would you guys go swimming with tigers? No. No, I would (laughs) not go swimming with tigers. As an African, it is in my blood to say no. (laughs) I'm just like, I I could never grasp the idea of, being like, oh, what are you doing this Saturday? Oh, I'm going to swim with tigers. Like, let's go do and that. that. <laughs> it's like, if you wanted to swim with tigers, that's one thing. Because I'm all about being one with the earth, being nice to animals. Obviously, I'm not saying, you know, put down the tigers. But she's posing for saying, a picture. why like, are these tigers in captivity? Yeah. And I feel like she's also doing it for clout. Oh, absolutely. She has to be. She has to be. Ugh. Everything that you've talked about her so far on this podcast is seems for like, clout. At, at least in our own personal opinions, it seems as if she's doing it for clout. I believe it to be true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, this is just bored rich people being annoying and. But, like, just be rich. Like, is that, <laughs> why are you guys so bored? Just stay why in your huge fucking love house. To, like, risk their life for fun. Yeah. I can't. This next story, so we mentioned it a few months ago. Kelly Clarkson was getting a divorce from her husband, Brandon Blackstock. Yes. Oh, she deserves to get her black, like back blown out. So, Kelly Clarkson is amazing. <laughs> I love her. She deserves the get world. Get her fucking back blown out. Get out Girl, of here. Kelly, the next time you have sex or whoever next you got, Kelly, make sure they treat you right or I'm finna beat their ass. Period. Well, after this mess... It is turning out to be an entire shit show. No. Um, So Kelly's estranged husband, Brandon, returned fire after she claimed in October that he and his father, they own a management company 
defrauded her out of millions of dollars. So <gasps> Kelly filed legal documents with the California Labor Commission in November. Allegedly, Brandon denied all of his estranged wife's claims defrauding her by charging her outlandish fees during their contract. He claims that she is not entitled to any money that he, his father, or their management company earned while working on while working with her over the past 13 years. 13 yeah. years. Clarkson, her position pretty much claimed that she entered into an oral agreement with Brandon and his father and Starstruck Entertainment, which I guess is their company, in 2007. And it said that the agreement was a fraudulent and subterfuge device that allowed her managers mm. to perform illegal services as agents in the state of California where they did not have a license to do so. Um, and her attorney saying that she should be entitled to get back all of her money earned and other things of value that Brandon received while acting as her agent. Yeah. Ex- uh, I, from what I know about contract law, always get it in writing. However, if she has a recording of that conversation, yeah, we might be cooking with gas. I know. We might be <laughs> able to get our millions. <laughs> and pretty much now Brandon's telling her that she needs to Ooh. pay for his attorney fees. Yeah. I know a lot of times they can countersue for that, too. This is just, like, such a huge legal battle. It's just, like... This is why I don't understand why people don't get prenups. And this is why every passing day... Amen to that. Never mix business and family. Because every yes. single time, it leads to a mess that shouldn't have even happened in the never. first place. Never. I mean, a prenup should never be out of the question. Ever. Oh, absolutely. And you should the not be insulted. The way that I'm already drafting a prenup right now and I literally have $2 in the bank <laughs> account. Mm-mm. If I'm done with you, I'm done. I'm taking my bag and I'm going. Listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have your own shit in line. Say, God forbid, something happens. I mean, even so, even if you and the other person aren't making money like that, it's at least just like... Oh, I, I don't care how much net. money you're making. If oh, you're exactly, making $1 exactly. or making a million, that's your money. It's at least a safety net that if a divorce happens, it can be as clean as possible. Exactly. Because people turn into completely different people in divorces. And all those it's fucking attorney fees that go on for years on oh end. Oh my gosh. I was listening to The Financial Confessions, which is a podcast by The Financial Diet. Shout out to my girl, Chelsea. I've mentioned her on this podcast before. And they actually had a divorce lawyer on the show. And I listened to it just out of curiosity. And like, he was saying how... Some of the most expensive cases that he's done, expenses in the sense of like the amount of lawyer fees that he was able to rack up was a lot. Where literally divorces where the couple was just fighting over like random shit like toaster ovens and sex toys that they just had to keep paying for the lawyer's time because they were both just so petty to let go of these things that in comparison with the lawyer fees are a joke literally pennies literally pennies it didn't make any sense so always get a prenup don't mix business and family no kelly clarkson i am so sorry sis roll up a joint have a glass of wine whatever you need to and i feel like she's doing so well with herself she has this talk show now that's doing so well and they're trying to get money from that too i mean she's been on and off of the voice she's been making money and um she's been making money uh, pretty much her husband's claiming that she owed the firm $1.4 million in unpaid commissions. So. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-mm. On Mm-mm. top of other commissions for work on her talk show that rank up to $5.4 million. So we're talking. That's a lot. Imagine just like asking somebody for $5.4 million. 
it's I I couldn't even conceive of that. It is just I so could out barely of my ask my realm. parents for twenty dollars growing <laughs> up. That's insane. Oh, I know. But I guess this is kind of good news. Clarkson was awarded primary custody of her children back in November. Yes! So <laughs> Yes! They still yes, share Kelly! joint physical and legal custody custody of the children, but she is primary, so No, oh, thank God. Because I know she's a good mom. If yes. it's one thing Kelly is, it's she is a good mom. This At is least just from what I can tell on Instagram. <laughs> such a shame. I mean, we heard from her a few months back just kind of giving a surface level that she's kind of going through it, but Dear God. And out of all people, she's such a sweetheart. And She is. This is a shame. Everyone seems to love her. Like, she's never really in the tabloids for any type of drama. She no. just kind of, like, chills and minds her own business. Yeah. And that's what bitches should really be Amen doing. Amen to that. <laughs> so, in other news, have you seen this mess with Claudia Conway, Kelly Ann Conway's daughter? <sighs> okay, I actually have i know there's new updates that i don't know of but i do follow <clears throat> claudia conway on tiktok so can i preface with the people yes please do okay so this has been going on for a few months now claudia pretty much i i've seen posts on tiktok has been so for those that don't know claudia conway is kellyanne conway's daughter yes who is very anti-trump doesn't even like her mom. And yeah. then recently, I think the husband and her dad left. And I know she kind of had like a mini meltdown on TikTok. Yes, after I believe they separated. And it's odd because her dad's a Democrat, like hardcore Democrat. So I never understood how that marriage I, worked. Yeah, I never understood it. Mm-mm. But anyways, so recently she has been posting videos um, of footage showing her mother being extremely verbally as well as physically abusive towards her. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, she said, you're lucky your mom's pro-life. Um, so it's very triggering if anyone, you know, has trauma associated with that. I would not recommend to go watch them because... It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I myself it's was bad. very triggered by it. Throughout these videos, she was just pretty much saying, you know, I'm not looking for attention. I'm looking for safety. That's it. And at one point she said, I could fill all these clips into multiple hours of footage. Yeah. I think at one point she called Child Protective Services and they came to the house and nothing came out of that. And she's been very transparent with her TikTok audience and saying like, I've tried calling the police. Like nothing has come out of that. They come to they. I and think she, she even filmed has videos of the police talking to her yes. mom in like the foyer. Yes, nothing really came out of that. And I would imagine because her mother is so wealthy and has that kind of power that <laughs> that might be she the can get away of... with it. I don't know, but yeah. The latest news. This has reached a whole nother level, which is insane. Mind you, Claudia Conway is 16 years She's old. Um, so a child. And there was a picture posted to Kellyanne's Twitter page Monday night. And mm-hmm. it was quickly deleted. Um, but it was a picture of Claudia Conway shirtless. <gasps> Claudia admitted at one point that it was taken months ago and that her mom... So in the first video, she kind of assumes that her mom... Got it at some point when she confiscated her phone. And she said... Is it like a nude photo? So she's topless. I don't think it's fully nude. I haven't looked at it 
no one should go look at that because she's under the age of 18. She's literally a minor. Do not look it up. (laughs) Um, And she was pretty much saying, you know, my mom either did it on purpose or she was hacked. Then at one point, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, she made a statement. And mind you, before all of this, so at one point she was warning her TikTok followers, listen, if at one point I come out with a statement saying I'm taking a break from social media, don't believe it. That's a forced statement that (gasps) she was basically assuming that. So the other day she came out with a video saying over and over again, this is not forced. Mind you, I watched the video. She was looking in the other direction several times. And she said that... Her mother would never do such a thing, and she went on to say, My mom and I, we fight like mothers and daughters, but we also love like mothers and daughters, and I do love her. I will be leaving social media for a bit to work on a relationship with my mom and my family. So this was clearly forced. I mean, just from the statement, my mom and I, we fight like mothers and daughters, but we also love like mothers and daughters. Especially no, since she's honey, literally been asked, like calling CPS on her own mom. Like, this is not just some sort of, oh, little mother-daughter banter. This is abuse. And she I knows so that. I'm scared for her. Um, so that, that entire video was very concerning. I, in terms of the photo, I mean, listen... I see it both ways. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she posted it herself on her mother's page as a cry for help. Um, but who knows? That's I mean, just my why assumption. Would, why would it be that photo, though? Because I think it would get the most attention. I mean, but still. And I feel like in a way it would incriminate her mom. I mean, well, at the end these the are just my know. assumptions. So who knows? I mean, it doesn't matter to me either way. She's in a very scary situation and exactly. And I guess it's also scary because it's like, I guess for a lot of regular people, like you'd probably be able to like Venmo or have a GoFundMe, like donate to them to, you know, try and get them out of the situation. But because of like her, she's a minor her mom is. And the fact that she's a minor, like the, at least when it comes to the general public, it seems like there's not much that we can do. To no. help her, if that makes sense. No, I know what you're saying. No, not really. And I, I mean, I've seen on Twitter and TikTok a lot of people coming together over this and being like, we're here for you because <sighs> I, I don't know if you've seen the footage. No, I've seen it. Like I said, I follow her it's... on TikTok. I've seen all of it. It's terrifying. The fact that people at their big age are willing to talk to their own children like that, yeah. it's absolutely disgusting. And I saw something on Twitter the other day and someone was pretty much like, to all those kids who are going through it right now, you know, shout out to Claudia Conway for being brave enough to post this stuff. And they were like, in this day and age where we have accessible technology like this to record this abuse, mm-hmm. do it. Don't let them yeah. get away with this crap. And um, I have to say I commend Claudia because... Coming out with something like that so personal, one would feel shameful about it, you know, and they would want to hide it. Yeah. Who would want to hide? Exactly. Like, and also, who would want to fake something like that? Yeah. I mean, because already her, like, from the jump, we knew that her and her mom had very differing views. Very different yes. views. And it's crazy because she's so young, I, but... Exactly, but even, like, once her, at least when the parents separated, 
there definitely, at least based off of her TikTok, seemed to be a shift in the relationship between her and her mom. Absolutely. And that's terrifying. Um, I don't know, man. Apparently, Kellyanne's coming out with some book. She made some book deal for millions. Of course, she fucking why. did. Because she can't do anything else. Yeah, but like, who's going to read that? I keep forgetting there's a lot of. Yeah. A lot of. Trump supporters still out Either there. way, oh I wish all the best for this little girl. I, yeah, I don't this know. This is a story I will actually be following closely. I will, I will too. I am so worried for her. It's scary. Very scary. All right, enough of that. Super Bowl's coming up. And? <laughs> I don't care about the football. I'm caring about who's performing. Isn't The weekend still performing, right? Yes. So we know that The weekend is going to be hosting the halftime show. That's going to be interesting. I'm interested okay. to see how that plays out. But we have some other news. So Miss Jasmine Sullivan will be performing <gasps> no. the Star Spangled Banner. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm watching it, period. <laughs> <laughs> have you listened to her new album? People I are raving about it. I have listened to her it. new album in full, but I, I think I have heard a few songs because I've been listening to a lot of like the Beyonce and Solange radio on Spotify. You know <laughs> Love that. About. And she comes up a lot. Me too. I've listened to songs here and there. And she's good. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not too familiar with her. I haven't seen, has she had a lot of work? I mean, I know that she wrote a lot of music. She was a big songwriter, but I don't remember her ever coming out with anything of her own. I remember her song Lions, Ty- Tigers, and Bears from like 10 years ago. That John okay. still gets stuck in my head to this day. It's so I good. Need to get it's with the so times. good. Then, in terms of America the Beautiful, we will have Grammy Award winner two times, her. (sighs) (laughs) See? You have to watch it now. Um, Just for that. Just for that. Shut it it off right after. When is it happening? Because I I don't know if I'll have access to cable. Right? Oh, I'll have access to cable. Plus, it'll probably be on YouTube right afterward. See, if you don't tell me the date and time, I will not be in attendance. But now that you have, now that you have, I will be watching. Yes, because I'm excited for these two performers. I mean, what did we have last? We had Demi Lovato. We had Yolanda Adams, who did not get enough credit for her rendition of America the Beautiful. I was so pissed about that. The next day, all the headlines were about Demi Lovato. And I was like, how dare you (laughs) insult gospel's greatest? Miss Yolanda Adams. But um, then apparently Miley Cyrus is doing some pre-show. I don't care about that. I will I'm not be watching. not watching that. No. Nope. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's pretty much about it. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, good for them. I That's pretty much all for Hot Topics. I thought it was going to go really? on a lot longer. But we kind of pushed through them. I mean, also, like, not that... I mean, clearly a lot has happened, but... In the grand scheme of the world, there really haven't been that many, like, big updates. Notice how things got quiet once Trump left office. In a good way. Ain't got good like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was about to be like, you're going to appreciate this. I was about to just go on a tangent about Katy Perry's performance of Firework. Like, we never (laughs) talked about it on this podcast. But it's Mm -hmm. worth mentioning again because it was so iconic. I watched it, like, five times over. No, it was good. The instrumentation... Mm-hmm. No, you were absolutely right. And you know was I was good. watching it from multiple angles, like people living in D.C. filming it outside their windows. One woman was, like, sobbing throughout the video. I said, same. 
imagine just like being in your apartment. I know. Hearing a bunch of fireworks, looking out the window, and it's just Katy Perry. <laughs> it was just magnificent. That's the only word uh, I can think of to, to describe it. that. But that's all I got for Hot Topics. Do you have anything that you want to mention? No. Uh, yeah, I really haven't looked at my phone at all this week. So no, I don't news, have anything for Hot Topics. By the time this comes out, it would have been Sunday and it would have come out Saturday. I'm watching the Wendy Williams documentary and biopic on Saturday night. Oh, so if you want to tune into that, that's going to be messy. Watch that too. I'll watch that. Yeah, it's going to be messy. I saw her interview on the View about it recently, like her talking about why she decided to do it now and stuff. Was I listening? No, but I saw it. She looked cute. Listen, she's being very transparent about a lot of stuff. I mean, and she's in such a good place now. She went through it. No, she was going, especially because I was, I was expecting the. I guess documentary to be more about like, oh, how she got to, you know, her success in her career and stuff like that. But the way that she's just talking candidly, at least in the clips that we've seen so far of it. And especially over the past like three, four years, I mean, it touches at her, you know, making her way through the industry, but a lot of the shit that she Mm -hmm. went through over the past three years, insane. I know. I will be watching. Yeah, we'll be watching that. We're going to be talking about that next week. So DVR it. Well, at this point, it (laughs) would have already passed. So it's probably on fucking Lifetime, something on there. So go watch it. Um, Speaking of Lifetime, actually. Yeah. I guess this could be my hot topic. Did you know that Lifetime made, they called it a mini movie, even though just call it a short film. That's just what it is. It's 15 minutes. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. What is it? Mario Lopez. It's a short film called Recipe for Seduction, and it is a movie that they did in partnership with KFC. And the plot line, <laughs> okay. And the plot line is that Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders, and he's like he like I guess falls in love with a woman that's in a toxic relationship and is about to be married to a man, and that just I mean men are trash. And but that's like, like the entire premise. Literally, it is a 15-minute movie. It is on YouTube for free 99. <laughs> you can watch it whenever you want. It is one of the most entertaining 15 minutes of your life. Really? It's everything I could have wanted and more. And was I attracted to Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders? Yes, but mind your business. Okay. Mind your I business. I mean, I can't really stand him, if I'm being honest. But I'll go check that out. I don't know out. him like a person. But like in that, when he first came out, I remember being on my couch in the morning and going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I caught your attention. It was good. It was Fantastic. good. So yeah, I guess that's my hot topic, even though that came out literally Christmas time. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, this is a short hot topics. So we're going to be back after this with uh, tittering thoughts. Okay. Okay. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Tittering Thoughts. Oh, can I just say this real quick? I forgot to add this in Hot Topics. Oh, what? So, Adele's, we kind of hinted towards this, but apparently a source close to Adele confirmed that she's going to be coming out with her album in the next month. So. Yes! Yes! I know! Yes! 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 Finally, (laughs) some good fucking food. Finally. Apparently she's working with John Legend. I cannot wait to cry in my bed to it. I cannot wait. So just everybody mentally prepare yourselves over the next few weeks. Adele, please, I'm begging you, no more Bantu knots. 
Well, no yes. more Bantu knots. <laughs> no, thank that you. In the past. We, we don't need that. But I'm excited. Oh but continue. That was just important news that just <laughs> popped in my head. Felt the need to no, share. That, that is important news. That is national news <laughs> that everyone needs to know. Amen. Okay, so welcome back to Tittering Thoughts. And I had this thought the other day when I was just laying in bed thinking about all the stupid shit I used to do and think of as a child. <laughs> and this thought came into my head. And it is, what is one thing from your childhood that you were convinced was true? I'll go first. I fully believed that my parents' cars were Transformers. And I would talk to them <laughs> and be like, listen, if you're a Decepticon, Why is like, so I don't want no smoke. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, like, is so accurate. I've seen the first movie God knows how many times. Like, God knows how many times. And I literally used to talk to, like, my mom's white Ford Star Mini and be like, listen, if you're a Decepticon, I don't want no smoke. Leave me out of it. Like, I really don't give a fuck. However, if you're an Autobot, I just want to be your friend. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. And, like, I would regularly talk to them. And, like, sometimes I would just stare at my parents' cars for, like, probably close to 15 minutes, just struck in with fear that they're just one day just going to turn into a robot. Wow. That's kind of exciting, though. Is it? <laughs> is it really? Um, As I'm a trying child to think. Anxiety, was it? Um, something that I believe to be true. I mean, I mean, I had a I really used... dumb blonde moment. I would say it was maybe a year ago now. So before everything blonde? happened, I. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. So I was making homemade like nacho chips, tortilla Mm -hmm. chips. And I was just shocked to realize that like the tortilla, like when you make a wrap with it, like that same bread was just cut up into chips. I don't know why that never clicked. (laughs) But in that moment, I was like, oh, wait, this is. This is what this is used for? <laughs> See, that's that bad. Wait, no, because I'm not even mad because that was me when I learned how to make oat milk. And I was like, it's just oatmeal water. Yeah. That's it. Whew. See, we're learning God. something new every day at the ripe age of 22. I remember at 18, I learned that guacamole was made out of avocados. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some guac, though. It's good. I'm trying be, to think. Be slapping. What else as a kid did I believe to be true? I thought grapes and raisins were completely separate. Okay, that's fair. That's fair though. I mean, what were you supposed to believe? You're right. Oh, I used to my... think one bowl of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. My mom like convinced us that like the TV remote, if you shot it like through somebody, that they were gonna get cancer. Oh my god. I don't know why. <laughs> that was such a random thing. And I remember one time in class, we had another student's dad come in to talk about, uh, he was like a doctor. So he came, came into the science class to talk about something. And he was mm-hmm. like, okay, if you have any questions, raise your hand. And I asked him, I said, so do remote controls cause cancer? And he was like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. But what were you saying? I was going to say, 
I was going to say, I remember as a kid, my parents, when they, you know, first moved to America, my Christian parents, used to be so scared of Britney Spears and MTV. Oh. MTV was actually just about music that they literally believed that she was a spawn of the devil. I kid you not. Listen, there were so many people chest. back then saying that. Uh, that would... It would be easy to get swayed into believing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, once she brought out that fucking snake, everyone was like fucking Satan in the flesh. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But she was legendary and ahead of her time. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Brittany, Brittany, I owe you my entire jams playlist. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, that was our Tedrick Thought of the Week. Let us know. Shoot us a comment. Mm-hmm. What's something that you believe to be true all throughout your childhood <laughs> and you just didn't realize it? Was it tortilla chips? You didn't know where they came from? Like me? Maybe. Was it guacamole? Was it? Was it? But <laughs> that concludes this episode of Into It. I got nothing else. Do you have anything else? No, this is a short-ass episode. This is a short-ass <laughs> episode. We will be back after this with Book Nook. If you're going to stick around for that, we'll see you then. Otherwise, stay healthy, stay safe. I don't know what else to say. That's it. Yeah, if you're gassy, you know what? Let it out. You're in the house. Let that shit out. Be free. Be free. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back after this. This is a dream. Have you seen that TikTok? That's like, it was essentially saying how One Direction stole the melody from No. (laughs) <laughs> literally this girl is like the impact of lizzie mcguire so in night changes um one direction goes we're only getting older baby and i've been thinking about it lately i started too early sorry does it ever drive you crazy just how fast the night changes and lizzie mcguire is when i see you smiling i go oh 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 like they stole it Wow. It's like the same key. The plagiarism. The plagiarism. One Direction owes Lizzie McGuire $7 million. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, hello, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back to our book nook. We are going to be discussing all that glitters in full because this section is not like 2 million pages long. Thank God. (laughs) Mariah, I love you, boo. (laughs) (laughs) We all know Sing Sing was hefty. But mm-hmm. we are back. In other news, I just want to mention, shout out to E equals MC squared. I was listening to that today, and I've been yes. bopping out to that the past couple months. Have you really listened to that album in full? That's the album that I think I know the most. I don't really know her earlier albums as much as that one. It is. I lied. I was thinking of the Emancipation of Mimi. That's okay, the album yes. I know the Emancipation most. of Mimi, everyone knows that's a fantastic album. But so you good. need to go listen to E equals MC Squared. If you want that like late 2000s vibe, like she has T Pain on Migrate, one of the songs. No, you're right. It <laughs> is so good. I was thinking about T Pain the other day, and I was like, T Pain was really running the 2000s. He really was. I mean, touch oh, my body, obviously. Touch but you my have body. I stay in love, love story, mm-hmm. fucking um loving you long time. What else? Everything. Everything on there. OOC, thanks for nothing. <laughs> I could go on. Just go listen to it. It is so fucking good. We are going to be getting into all that glitters. Do you <laughs> This is really the part of 
the book where she just reaches her lowest. It, I, I hate to laugh, but like it's it's very very sad and scary. It's super sad, and honestly, while I was reading it, I completely understood. I yeah. completely understood just the level of insanity that she had reached at that point. Yeah. So but yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll start off with Firecracker. So she starts production, I guess, if you will, for Glitter. It started in 97, um, and then it just unravels into this mess. She pretty much has no control over the film. The original script was basically just, like, scrapped. And again, we have these race issues, if you will, pop up again. They basically whitewash the film. Mm -hmm. She mentions that Terrence Howard was ideally supposed to play her love interest, but oddly enough, they turn him into one of the villains. Have you seen Glitter? First off, back I up. have not seen Glitter, no. I think I mentioned it to you a couple years ago, and I was like, we you need have. to watch it. One night, we need to like go on like Google Hangout or whatever the fuck that is and watch it, because... <laughs> It's just so good to laugh at, and it's just so... I mean, it's kind of become like a cult classic in that it's just funny. It's one of those films that you can't take too seriously. I mean, oh, obviously... that's exactly what I want. That's the genre that I love. Yes. And obviously, the soundtrack's killer. The, I'm just talking about the movie itself. But mm -hmm. the soundtrack... I mean, you remember on tour, Justice for Glitter, she did that medley... With the, the flags and everything. Yes. Yep. <laughs> the soundtrack fucking slaps. But um, basically, it was just a mess because it was, she says it was produced by Columbia, which was owned by Sony. And we know mm. Tommy was the head of Sony and he was notoriously referred to as the white elephant in the room out of all the meetings, like she says. So, I mean, this constant fear of paranoia is still ever so present in her life. Which and it sucks because this is after her divorce, too. Exactly. So all in all, she's going through this process and she just wants to prove herself to not only the cast and crew, but to the general public that she wants to be taken serious as an actress. I mean, a couple years before this, she was doing she was in Wise Girls. Hey, you know, you were kind of just put into a shitty spot, um, but don't kind of give up on yourself. And I feel like that's also not uncommon for a lot of actors. Like, Dakota Johnson, I now love her, but the first role I saw her in was Fifty Shades of Grey. Exactly. Like, Robert Pattinson in, what's her name? The gay one. What's her Ooh. name? Kristen Stewart. How yes. did I forget? Like, their first roles that I've ever seen them in was Twilight. Twilight. That was a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's room to grow. We learn and we live. Or we live and we learn, rather. <laughs> But <laughs> we do learn and we live. We do. You're that right. too. I am right. But basically, Tommy's just like relentless, sabotaging not only the movie, but the soundtrack, at w soundtrack as well. She goes on to say, he had already been publicly humiliated when I left him. But for me to be successful without him too, that was too much for his fragile ego to withstand. What it would mean for his whole empire to be based on intimidation. But that's another thing is like, I don't understand why he wants to go out of his way so much to do all of this harm to Mariah. Bitter. Yeah, but I guess I've never been bitter like that, that I'm like, this is completely selfish. It's odd because I guess, I don't know. 
Well, wait, no. I just, <laughs> my thought just came together <laughs> because what I was going to say is she w- made him millions upon millions of dollars. She was a huge moneymaker for Sony. Mind you, she was still on the label at this time, but she was leaving. Mm-hmm. Remember, she had set that she was going to come out with four records and then that Five was going to be it. Yeah. So her end date was coming soon. So he was just bitter that, you know, she couldn't make him money anymore. Whack. Whack (laughs) is right. And then she goes on to say, Sony rushed to make a single for another female entertainer on their label who I don't know. They use the... Wait, do we know who it is? Who does she not know? Who it probably is? Is it J-Lo? Is it J-Lo? I can't believe it took you this long. You read this and you didn't realize? Oh my god! Well, because I just I assumed she was like, oh, she didn't, she doesn't know who it is. No, she probably never, never just expect Mariah Carey to innocently just say something. I mean, did you see the post? Wait, oh. hold up, the post that Shawn Mendes posted <laughs> this this past week. Yes, and yes. Why created it. <laughs> and he was like listening to old Mariah Carey songs, and then she goes listening to old mm-hmm. Shawn Mendes songs. Damn fucking straight. <laughs> You always got to read between the lines with her. But yes, she's referring to Jennifer Lopez because she used the firecracker sample, which Mariah had locked down for Loverboy and came out with this Mm. song before Mariah could even release her own. So Mariah pretty much had to scrap the entire song and reconstruct it, mind you. So I like the version that they ended it ended up coming out with it just sounds a lot fuller and you have the mm-hmm. brat singing hate on me much as you want to bitches be imitating me daily bars and you know who that's in reference to like that's just no like like it's obvious they can't be who the fuck i be bitches be imitating me daily and it's funny because she came out with the rarities as we know and she released the original version of lover boy and she even said and i guess pretty much all the lambs kind of were like okay it's cool that we get to see this, but everything happens for a reason because <laughs> the end result is so much better and I, everyone loves it so much more. But yeah, that's pretty much how all this shit started because he came out with Jennifer Lopez who started singing. She did, Mariah Carey did a Diana Ross cover and then next thing you know, you have Jennifer Lopez singing the same thing. So it was clear mm. as day that Jennifer Lopez was c- oh coming to God. sabotage Mariah Carey's career. No wonder she's so yes. bitter about that. Now I understand that because I never understood their feud, and now it makes so much. And more And I mean, sense. I guess it's a shame because the, it. it's the industry that like pitted them against each other rather than the two of them. Yeah, it's not actually like the two of them, but it's the fact that they were building up Jennifer Lopez essentially to destroy. And it's Mariah kind of funny because <laughs> Jenny from the Block's <laughs> vocals. I mean, come on. But that's not it. We have the song with your role. You know the song, I'm Real? I'm real. I think so. If I heard it, I'd probably recognize it. Because I'm real. But anyways, if you listen to If We, which is on the Glitter soundtrack, she sings that song with your role. It sounds identical. So this is just strike number two. Like, not only the first song, which was the first release, which was going to be Loverboy, now this. I mean, it was sabotage. Clear as day. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. So basically, <laughs> that's just setting Shit, the scene for it. the production of Glitter and how it's... Uh, there's just so much more that's to come. So we get into the chapter resting in pieces. And I thought this part at the beginning was pretty interesting. You know, she was talking about looking for a penthouse to move into. And she mentioned that she was going mm-hmm. to move into Barbara Streisand's old penthouse. But the co-op board declined her ability to do so. Do you remember that part? Mm-hmm, because they were racist. They were afraid that too many like rappers always. and their entourages, a.k.a. big black men, milling about and didn't approve me. So again, just, just constant little shit that's like... <sighs> If it's one thing white people will do, it's criminalize black people. That's one thing that they will do. And surprisingly, they do it well. <laughs> so we're going on into Glitter, and her schedule's just out of control. She says, nowhere in my itinerary was there R-E-S-T, and at the time, I didn't know how <laughs> to demand it. And she went on to say, now this was very scary she goes high anxiety made what little sleep was allotted for in my schedule nearly impossible i couldn't go to sleep i couldn't find my things i couldn't seem to get anyone to Mm -hmm. pull it together and she Mm -hmm. has this huge pressure from the label and i mean we've talked about this earlier mariah carey pretty much setting the standard for herself lover boy came out and was number two that was not okay with the label. And she's like, what the fuck? But number two is still, like, number two is still good. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're in the top ten, you're probably okay. You are probably Exactly. And the film, okay. mind you, she goes on to say the film wasn't even released yet. Exactly. So the fact that it's number two before the film is released, I feel like that's comparable levels with, like, um, what's that song? From A Star Is Born. Shallow? shallow because i remember that came out and like that's what made people excited for the movie so it's probably the same thing i don't think it went to number one yeah but it did the job but mind you this is mariah carey almost pretty much every not almost every single album before this came out with several number ones on it at this point she had what 13 number ones under her belt okay okay yeah still and i I thought this point that she made was very appropriate. She says, honestly, the only other artist I've seen under so much pressure to perform above and beyond their own phenomenal success was Michael Jackson. Like him, I was also used to having unquestionable smashes. It was my idea to make a whole ass number one album. (laughs) That's horrifying. (laughs) So pretty much the standard is set like unreasonably for her. And we have this TRL moment, which people still talk about when it is, it was nothing. It was clearly a stunt. And she even says that she, it wasn't like she could (laughs) crash fucking TRL on her own terms. Like, no, it must've been crazy because TRL was like, it's like, was what Spotify is now. Like it, like it was TRL. Yes. You can't just show up. That's what they made it out to be, these tabloids, because they made it this huge thing. I even remember watching Mad TV sketches talking about her like she's some like crazy person after the fact. And then she goes to talk about how, um, what's his name? Oh, my God. The host of TRL. Oh, I forgot. 
Oh my god, I know it. I, I'm just blanking. Fucking Carson Daly. Mm-hmm. He knew about the sketch and then completely was like acting all surprised, like, oh my god, Mariah Carey's stripping on TRL. She's lost her mind. Is she okay? Like pretty pretty much just baiting this entire scenario. And I found it telling that she compared this situation to Princess Diana just in regards to the paparazzi and how they pretty much killed her. Yeah. And um that effect that it takes on someone. I mean, we have Britney Spears, we have all these celebrities that we know about. It's scary. And back then she even goes on to say this was all happening before the phenomena of social media. There was no mm-hmm. clapping back on Twitter. You literally just had to sit there and take it. Back then, you did one thing, and it dominated the press for what seemed like an eternity. And TRL was that one thing. Magazines were so much bigger than they are now. Where yeah. like now, I mean, there's things like the Shade Room, but the Shade Room makes a new Instagram post like seven times a day. Exactly. After 24 hours, everyone forgets about it. They're onto something new. But at that point, magazines are posting stuff maybe like once every week or two weeks. So it was like that was the news. Yes. And she talks about at one point she was watching TV and they had some show on talking about her like she was in memoriam, like she had freaking died. <laughs> and oh, my God, it's just crazy. And then they talk about the voicemails, because back in the day, what she would do, she would post on her website these like voicemails to her fans, which no one else did. That was like unprecedented. Yeah. And they made that out to be like oh my god she's lost her mind she's talking reckless on the phone really? and mind you yeah okay and keep yeah, in they, mind I mean, they were clearly g- grasping for straws yes. but i get what you're saying and she was exhausted if you listen back to those audio clips they are a bit concerning because she doesn't sound healthy and well and i mean can you blame her from no. everything that she was under in that moment She's literally creating a new album, filming and writing or helping to co-write and produce a new movie. And that in and of itself takes like years. And she probably was on a very strict timeline, too. Yeah. So all this pretty much just escalates more and more. She talks about filming the Loverboy music video out in the friggin' desert, barely eating, tired as hell, and then being scheduled the next day to fly to New York to film another music video. And I love how she says, you know, nowadays, there's usually like a two to three day buffer between that. It's not like, okay, next day we go someplace else and Mm. film another fucking music video. Like she's just some, you know, robot. Like, and. She goes on to say, no one had the strength or power to say no to unreasonable requests on my behalf. And the pressure was steadily rising. I was exhausted. All these people on my payroll and no one lobbied for me to have one day off. Again, mentioning that these people are on her fucking dime. Yeah. And she's still not even protected. (sighs) So... She's at her penthouse. She keeps getting calls from her management. She's paranoid. I, I want to say she's almost delirious. Like no, she has of, to be delirious. I yeah. have been sleep deprived for three days straight, and I literally started seeing hallucinations. Mm-hmm. She has to be at the point of delirium. So she decides to go to a hotel, thinking that she'll be able to hide away for a few days and just literally sleep. She hears this banging on the door. Not mm-hmm. only is it her mother and her brother, but also her entire management team. 
That's and she can barely talk straight. She's just screaming at this point. And then Morgan says something within their like familial language, something that she recognizes to pretty much lure her in and have her trust him, thinking that he's going to be some comforting figure. Mind you, at this time, she had just signed one of the biggest, if not, no, it was the biggest um, record deal of any solo artist to ever live. So keep this in mind while all this shit's going on. So she ends up going to my girl, Miss Marianne Tatum, Mm -hmm. who is her backup singer today. She has always been my favorite. I don't know what it is. Just something about her. I've just always liked. I fucking live for Marianne. And she goes to Marianne's in Brooklyn. They go for a walk. Still hasn't slept, which is insane. Yeah. And she even says, I couldn't remember the last time I had a meal. Mm-hmm. Because when you're that sleep deprived, you're not hungry. No. And then she tells this story about her first getting, the first time she got her record deal. And her mother and her brother called her to come home. And this was just wild. I hate this scene. They pretty much corner her. And are like, okay, you need to give us $5,000 to pretty much kill Mm -hmm. Patricia's ex-husband who has dirt on the entire family. And And this is right after she signed her record. This is right after she signed her record. She's going into it like, oh, we're probably just going to celebrate because this is a huge thing for me. And they're going to be here with, you know, balloons and congratulating me. Turns out they just want more money. Mm-hmm. And she goes on to say, I stumbled out of the shack knowing without a doubt that I did not belong to any of them. That was just heartbreaking. Yeah, not even I mean, being able to trust your own family. At one of like the biggest moments of her life. And now they're literally telling her to pay them to kill someone. Or else her career that she has literally just launched is probably going to be done. Just toxicity all around. So then Morgan ends up picking Mariah up with Marianne and bringing them to Patricia's house. Mind you, Mariah paid for her house. and. Mariah genuinely didn't think anyone would bother her there. She was depleted. And she has this moment where she's washing the dishes. And she just like passes out unconscious because she's so freaking tired. And it was scary because in that moment, she, she says, reaching to turn on the faucet, I suddenly remembered six days. I haven't slept more than two hours in six days. All the space around me narrowed and I started to fall away. I blacked out for a split second, but was able to recover before I completely collapsed. Terrifying. Um, They end up bringing her to one of the guest rooms. As soon as she falls asleep, we have her mom coming in, screaming at her, telling her that she needs to get her shit together because of... The label 
and everything going on. And, you know, what are you doing? We have all this money on the line. And Meanwhile, she could probably, like, if you have not, if you haven't slept in three days, my mom instantly was like, you need to go to sleep. Like, yeah. you look exhausted. Her mom had to have been able to instantly tell just how exhausted she was, and she actively didn't care. She said, rather than being my mother and caretaker, she was some kind of agent for the machine that she had repeatedly placed my earning potential over my well-being. Mm -hmm. I knew my mother didn't have the capacity for that kind of maternal response. After all, I was the one who took care of things. I took care of her and everything else. I, I just can't imagine having that reaction. I can't. I know. Like... Like now that I'm at the lowest of lows, it's your daughter. Literally. And like now that I'm an aunt, like I would literally do anything for my little nieces and nephews, anything. And I can't imagine looking at them, clearly telling that they're exhausted, but saying that instead and trying to force them to continue to stay up and work. Yeah, and making you money on the brink of probably death. Like you should not be that. Oh, no. And in that moment, she says, you know, out of all the years of anger that she kept inside, all that just bubbled up and she just started screaming nonstop. Mm -hmm. And she even said she'd never talked like that to anyone in her family, even though everyone else, you know, Morgan knocked her mother unconscious on the floor. Mm -hmm. But she never did something like this. And then we come to find that Patricia has this nice little history of calling the cops. We've been knew this, though. We've been knew this. In the first chapter, we knew this. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. And which I never understood because it clearly Mariah wasn't a physical threat to her. That's the only way she could take her truly and fully changed the dynamic you know in this moment she was saying how dare you talk to me that way you're gonna disrespect me like that just wait and see what i can do but again it's that retaliation that we've also yeah. seen with tommy that i'm like i just don't understand why you where always it's all need stemming to from every argument yes And she even says at one point, years after, I mean, going back to her love of Christmas, and now it makes sense as to why she always wanted it to be so perfect. She invites her family out to Aspen after the divorce, and it turns out to be the shit show. Morgan gets plastered. Her mother ends up calling the cops on Morgan. Mm Mm-hmm. And they just find him passed out butt naked in a hotel room. It (laughs) It wasn't like he was doing anything, you know... I don't know, like, life-threatening. Yeah. I just don't get it. White women and the police. Jesus. <laughs> I know. It's like, what, what do white women want for Christmas? A free 911 call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was a lot funnier than I thought it was. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> in all seriousness... She ends up calling the police on Mariah mm-hmm. and she goes, I was scaring her and they received her signal loud and clear. It was in their training. The code was in her culture. This was her world. 
her people, and her language. She had control. Even Mariah Carey couldn't compete with a nameless white woman in distress. So I think that pretty much encompasses what we were just saying. You know, Mariah is this huge figure, and this was Patricia's chance to say, oh, hell no. You know, at the end of the day, you, even though Patricia knows that she has no power over Mariah anymore. And it's clear because Patricia is living in Mariah's house. Yeah. She goes on to say that, you know, no one tried to defend her. And she understood why Marianne was like staying in the corner, not getting involved because she was the well, no, she wasn't the only black person. I mean, you had Morgan there, but she's not light skinned. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like she can pull off being white like morgan possibly could um so she knew better than to be messing with the cops you know what i'm saying i'm gonna stay my black ass in this bedroom yes ma'am and when i read that i said you know what girl good for you (laughs) i get it no but seriously and i don't blame her at all for staying in the room too for obvious reasons this woman just called the cops on her daughter that's clearly not a physical threat to her life and we know what happens when you try and retaliate in the slightest way you know exactly Um, this part was devastating. She said, I agreed to be removed from my own house by the police with one simple request that I be allowed to put my shoes on. My family might have taken my pride, my trust and the last of my energy, but they weren't going to get my dignity too. Nope. Nope. And then we have this moment in the back of the cop car that's like almost from a movie. I mean, mind you, Mariah's like delirious in this moment and Mm -hmm. she starts to whisper to herself, this is all Tommy Mottola's fault. And then you have her sinister brother looking over her shoulder going, that's right. That's right. And just egging her on, knowing that it's only going to make her weaker, but also knowing that he's part of the problem. He is the problem. This is a setup. I hate it. And we're going to come to find that it's even more of a setup. So going down into Broken Down, she pretty much asked the police if they could take her to a local spa that she heard of. Spa, in quotations, where she figured she could get some sleep, rest, and maybe get some medical attention that she needed. Which I was confused about this, because I was like, do those exist, and can I check myself into one of these? I know, right? (laughs) But this, like, wasn't a nice place to be. Clearly. From what we come to find out. So she's outside, nervous to go in. Morgan finally convinces her to go inside. And she goes on to say, I could feel nothing. I signed myself in, believing I could sign myself out. I had no idea what I had actually signed myself up for. After speaking with some of the staff, Morgan left me there. It was clearly not a spa. There was nothing therapeutic or restorative about it at all. It was closer to a prison. Then she goes on to say, I coiled tighter into myself, shut my eyes, and tried to disappear. No relief came. I was deeply scared and completely alone. Prayer wouldn't come. Fear was my only companion. So here she is in this, I want to say almost mental asylum. It has to be. Yeah. And can't get out of it. I mean, it's... Which doesn't make sense to me because she's just sleep deprived. It's not like she's addicted or like on anything right now. It's not like she has a history of anything. She's literally just sleep deprived. They shouldn't have checked her in. 
But mind or you, or at least not allowed herself to check out. You know, Morgan and Patricia are trying to paint this picture that she can't control her own assets. She mm. is not mentally stable. I mean, look at Britney Spears. That's true. She then goes on to talk about how the staff is even like treating her like shit. At one point, she's interrogated and they're going on some power trip. You know, oh, here we have, you know, the biggest star in the world, Mariah Carey. Oh, you really think you're some hot shit? Let me tell you. I remember I watched an interview with Abby Lee Miller. No, oh, Mind you, her situation was very different. Yes. She committed tax fraud. So that was very wrong same. of her. And she just des- like she deserved to pay the time for what she did. But she even talked about how like the prison guards there would treat her like garbage, like not even like any other inmate. Just because they saw her on TV and wanted to get a rise out of her. You know what I'm saying? That's such a fucking power trip. Yeah. It's disgusting. Just treat her like everybody else and keep it pushing. Because they're probably not treating everybody else good either. Yeah. Exactly. To begin with. So it's like, could you only imagine? Yeah. So that's kind of the situation that this is. So after several days, she finally signs herself out. And I mean... She's still exhausted at this point, so I don't necessarily blame her for going back to her mom's house yeah. or her house, like we should say, because she fucking paid for the place. And this was just so bizarre. So we have this moment where she's in the New York Post at her mom's house. They have, there's a photograph that's released of her like in her pajamas drinking juice, and they make it out to be this huge thing. Like, oh my God, she's back, this and that. And her mom was like thrilled about it. She's going, oh, look, it's just like Marilyn. They even mentioned Patricia in the article and Patricia is like having a heyday. Like, oh my God, look, like I'm this celebrity too now. Like, and Patricia. <laughs> celebrating her daughter's demise you've painted your daughter to literally be having a mental breakdown that she was having because of your actions and now you want to celebrate this and like kiki Mm -mm. Mm -mm. it's so bizarre and i feel like we see this so many times i mean amy winehouse her relationship with her father it's they go on this power trip that's like unreal and they romanticize this demise i guess is the only word i can think of right now yeah for lack there of a better word but then she talks about this moment where she was honored with the congressional award for her philanthropic efforts and she oh, went on yes. to say how this was like a huge honor for her because of course she wanted grammys and everything else but this was like more humanistic it has a lot if more you will. weight yeah yes so she invites her mother to this well-honored event And Patricia ends up getting plastered. Mind you, this is like two years prior. I think it was Mm -hmm. 99. Ends up getting plastered in the, you know, designer dress that Mariah bought for her on the plane that Mariah paid for. Then they get there and they're sitting with congressmen of all different parties. And the one thing she even says, you're not supposed to talk about politics. This is like the one night where you shouldn't be talking about shit like that. And of course, Patricia starts going off. And then we have this moment where security pretty much tells her, okay, she's got to go. So they leave on the plane back. 
Patricia's going, Morgan is the only one I love. Morgan is the only one that loves me. Going on and on. Oh, I hate Mariah. This and that. Out of it. Plastered. And then Mariah pretty much says, she may have been in a blackout and unaware of what she did or said, but I had to process the sadness, embarrassment, and pain of the experience. Alone in the back of a limo, in my black silk gown, Hugging an award for my country, I cried. Yeah. So what's supposed to be one of the most honored and happiest nights of her life turns out to be this shit show. And just and they also say that what you say while drunk is really just a reflection of what you're truly thinking, but just not exactly, like, you know, not necessarily strong enough, but not willing to say when you're sober. No, I believe it. So she probably 100% met exactly what she was saying. And now you have this night where Mariah is supposed to be celebrating her own accomplishments and it's completely soiled. Because it seems to me, at least, that her mom didn't like that Mariah was getting all of the attention. It's Yeah, it's jealousy. Honestly, I think that's what it all boils down to because going back to when she talked about her singing for Pavarotti and that wasn't even enough. Oh, yeah. And it was like, what more do you want? Literally You're just you jealous want. that well, I... Because wasn't her mom also a singer too? Her mom was an opera singer. She went to Juilliard. She was a successful opera singer, but I guess never had this much success. I mean, Mariah's success was major. Yeah. Mariah was like a once in a generation type success. Because it yes. clearly was what Michael Jackson, then Mariah, and now probably currently Beyonce. Yes, I would say that. Lord. <laughs> but you have this dichotomy where it's like, Sure, she wants to give her mother the credit of helping her kickstart her career, giving her vocal lessons, not telling her, you know, it's not about if I make it, it's about when I make it, mm -hmm. and telling her that she was going to be successful. And then this success happens, and then there's this shift. Yeah. Like, she has to compete with something. And compete with your own mother. A competition that your mom created. It wasn't even like it was Mariah and her mom at the same time. It was no. fully on her mom's end. And it all goes back to, I just had this full circle moment of her in the car singing, uh, what's it called, by Michael Jackson, and her going, oh, that's not what it sounds like. You remember that moment she talked about? Oh, yeah, about? her mom got super mad at her, right? Yeah. That's the start of it all. I just don't, I just don't get how you could say that to your own children. I don't. I don't get how you can treat your own kids and not even kids like your own family that you supposedly care for i think it's the result of not being able to assess your own traumas and oh absolutely that's yeah. exactly what it's the result of you know but i i guess it's just it's hard for me to even fathom getting to that yeah, point to that point of course so later on Morgan ends up convincing Mariah to go out to L.A. because he said that there were better spas out there that she could go to. Um, she pretty much, he pretty much ends up taking her to a detox facility. And she goes, once more, I didn't have control of the situation. I could not speak up for myself. And when I could, I was ignored and overpowered. I mean, she was weak and fragile mm -hmm. more than ever in this moment. And then she talks about being handed heavy narcotics as soon as, soon as she entered. So she was in a fog at this place. And on top of it all, it's 
<sighs> when I read this chapter, I literally had to put the book down for a second. It's like hell on earth, literally. Like, I can't imagine going through all of that and also going through the tragedy that was 9-11. She goes on to say, My home city was burning and collapsing, and I was thousands of miles away, locked inside a dismal detox, drugged, devastated, and alone. So, I mean, just all of that trauma weighted down on her. The spiral that that would have sent me to into if I was her. And I, I think that's another she, thing. Like, got past that. <laughs> we will talk. Hold that thought because we're going to get to that soon. Just thinking about how someone could easily just end it all right there. Oh, yeah. Um, so because of the terror attack, she was just released, which I found odd. I don't know the details about that. They I'm probably, interested to they see. They clearly didn't have that many grounds to keep her on. And once 9-11 happened, they, like, whoever was probably keeping her in there was not focusing on her. I they guess. had bigger fish to fry. I guess. But, I mean, why would that be your first thought to just let her out? I mean, but if she's not in there because she has, like, severe psychological or, like, addictive okay, well, yes. things. If she's just in there just to, like, keep her they away. They probably caught on to that. Yeah. Yeah. That, they they have to know. No, they ha- I don't think you understand. Like, they have to know. <laughs> yeah, they're trained to know that. Yes, you're right. So, she ends up actually going to a real spa to rest up a bit. <laughs> Thank God. And she's pretty much preparing for the Glitter movie premiere. Overall, Glitter ends up being a flop. 9-11 happened. People were not... It came not, out the day of 9-11, right? The soundtrack did. And then the movie came out a couple weeks later. So people were not looking to celebrate this movie that came out. That was Probably not Probably not thing. willing to go to the movies or anything, too. That Exactly. So, obviously, and she understood that. She was like, listen, it, the timing was terrible. But that also probably, too, with everything that was happening with Glitter made it also easier because it was good. Based off of the way she was talking about it, it was going to flop anyway. That's true. It was destined to flop. See, everything happens for a reason. And it sucks because at least this is an easy reason that they could pinpoint to and be like, oh, it flopped because of this versus it flopped because you're a table actress, you're a table producer and like really dogging on her even more so when clearly she didn't have that much control over the project anyway. But the thing is, they did do that. So she goes on to say, out of respect for our collective mourning, one would think the media would have turned their obsession away from me as well. But Mm. it seemed to only intensify. So it got worse. I mean, people were rubbing it in her face. Oh, the box office sales are crap. Look at this flop. And then they started coming out with mad TV sketches about her, calling her crazy, all this shit. And she never talks about in this book her diagnosis with bipolar we know she came out with that statement a couple years back because stella Mm. was pretty much leaving her at that time or i fired her around that time and she was threatening to come out with all this personal information about her and mariah pretty much said in that moment you know what i'm gonna take the story and say it on my own terms rather than this bitch you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she came out with that statement com- confessing that, you know, she was diagnosed with bipolar around this time. She said 2001. And it's understandably mm. so as to why she would get diagnosed with that amid all this trauma. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah. 
No, it's adding up. And even so, like, because I have a lot of friends with bipolar disorder, like borderline personality disorder and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And a lot of them are chilling. It's just making sure that they keep up with their meds. Exactly. But there's such a stigma. The stigma is, there, there shouldn't be a stigma. Exactly, but there is, unfortunately, such a stigma, especially yes. with those types of, you know, personality disorders, when it's, like, at least, I mean, because I don't want to make a blanket general statement, yes. obviously. There's, you know, a range when it comes to any of these disorders. Absolutely. But least, based off of the way that we've seen Mariah, the way that people have talked about working with Mariah, <clears throat> she has it under control. <laughs> well, yes, and she even said when she came out with her diagnosis she was like i'm on good meds i'm doing fine you know you can uh, live a normal life you know this is just a caveat almost just something that happens but overall um the the frenzy does not stop the press is still ripping her to shreds um and she finally starts seeing an actual therapist well, I don't want to say actual therapist because the therapist that she saw before was very helpful, but someone mm-hmm. who is on her terms. And she goes yeah. on to say, I was able to begin to unpack the demoralizing and dehumanizing ordeal I had just been through. Having a highly respected professional name, it validated that what I was physically experiencing was real. It mm-hmm. was suddenly also real. And that was somatization, which I believe is the physical effects of one's mental trauma, like it manifesting into physical repercussions, such as her hives or her anxiety or panic attacks, whatever. Um, And this was very sad. She goes, honestly, it felt like they almost killed me. They came close, but they didn't kill me or my spirit. Just this whole situation reflecting on it, you know, she was supporting everyone around her, her family, Everyone on her label. And they had the nerve to throw her into a facility that she had no business being in. Nope. And trying to to take control of her life. And I think that's... And her money. And it just sucks. It sucks because sometimes it takes seeing to what extent the people around you that you would assume or thought cared about you would go to... To completely dehumanize you for you to wake up and actively make a decision to, as we see, you know, with her relationship with her mom and with her brother, to at least, you know, space yourself from them or cut them out of your life completely. In one of the lowest of low moments, she had to discover that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, it was necessary. And going back to the thought that I told you to hold, she goes on to say that her therapist... She says, he assured me I was absolutely not crazy. At most, he said, I'd had a diva fit. It was a wonder I wasn't permanently emotionally damaged, given what I lived through. However, I will probably always struggle with PTSD. Absolutely. She could have ended it all right there. Any, anyone else would. You know she what I'm saying? She could have easily had a Britney 2007. I would have yes. had a Britney 2007 oh, yeah. moment. Every passing day, I completely understand why Britney reacted the way that she did. And now I understand exactly why Mariah, like, only talks about things that she wants to talk about in the media and news because so much of the shit her outside of her... It's her business, but also so much shit outside of her own personal control was happening to her. Yes. And also another thing, too, with the way that she felt... 
validated with how her body was physically responding to the emotional and mental stress that she was under. Did you know if you are so like if you are too depressed, you can get a yeast infection? No, I did not know that. I unfortunately had to learn it this year. <laughs> like, but aren't those? This made me realize I've started seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. I talked to you about this, but having those moments where it all makes sense and things click, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, so this is why this is happening." <laughs> it's like so in a freeing. way, it's so comforting and so freeing, and like she says, to be able to name it and because you have an answer. It. Because so yeah. often you're constantly thinking of those situations or those symptoms and you're like, why is this happening to me? Why can't I just be normal? And the paranoia why can't around just that be is okay? relentless. Exactly. But when you finally get down to the root of the issue and understand exactly what's happening and why it's happening and what's going on, you don't carry that weight. And you're a lot less, I guess, you're a lot less likely to hate yourself because of it, because you understand the root cause of it. Absolutely. In the end, after working with her therapist, she says, while I couldn't change the characters of my mother, brother, and sister, I did have the power to change how I characterize them in my life. So for my sanity and peace of mind, my therapist encouraged me to literally rename and reframe my family. So from now on, she refers to her mother as Pat and Morgan and Allison as her ex-brother and ex-sister. I'm not going to lie. I read that passage and I was like, wait, should I start doing that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense though. And it makes sense. And again, that's that separation that you yes, need. You need that boundary. So she goes on to talk about, uh, again, adding the list to see, I have a good sense in people because I always fucking loved Marianne and the <laughs> list keeps fucking growing after reading this. Like, I am her number one fucking fan. I'll take a bullet for Marianne Tatum. I love the bitch. I love her voice. She sings like no other. I mean, all of her background singers, whether it's Trey or Takitha Johnson, the three of them are the dream team. I love them. But They are. They're good. No, they're they're like so good. talented. But Jesus. just getting to hear all this stuff about Marianne, just I'm like, you're a real one. So Mariah starts becoming very spiritual and she starts attending Marianne's church, True Mm -hmm. Worship Church, Worldwide Ministries. And she talks about becoming very close with the bishop there who is featured on Fly Like a Bird and I Wish You Well. Um, And she just talks about how the community really wrapped around her and became a family and like how even the bishop pretty much let everyone know that, you know, this wasn't going to be some publicity stunt and like everyone had to keep their mouth shut, like respect her privacy and let her be. Mm -hmm. She's in there for the same reasons y'all are. Exactly. So her and Marianne get rebaptized there. She ends up going to Bible study weekly. And still yet again, we have her family sneaking in. We have her mother leaving her a voicemail, making some snide comment about her, you know, spiritual journey. Again, Mariah doesn't let that affect her because she's so far removed from it. But it's still like this fly that's like relentless and never ending, you know? Mm -hmm. Then she goes on to quote, I wish you well. And I want to read this because I think she phrases it so perfectly. She says, maybe when you're cursing me, you don't feel so incomplete. But we've all made mistakes, felt the guilt and self-hate. I know that you've been there plenty for me, maybe still got love for me. 
but let him without sin cast the first stone, brethren. But who remains standing then? Not you, not I. See Philippians 4, 9. So I wish you well. Just ending it on that note, like, you know. Bars. <laughs> she understands her brother and sister have their own baggage that they have to work out with. But she also understands that it's not her job to help them through that. Exactly. Exactly. And it's an unfortunate common occurrence. I know, like, we've seen it with Meghan Markle and her family during the whole, like, royal wedding. And, like, that broke my heart. And I didn't really know about any of this stuff with Mariah until really, honestly, reading this book. And And I mean, I didn't either because she wasn't open about it, you know? At least with her mother, we, we kind of got that vibe from her brother and her sister because they spoke out so often, mm-hmm. which is cheap stories. But the whole dynamic with her mother, we never knew that. In the press, she literally would say, oh, me and my mom are best friends. You know, just trying to hold on to that belief that, you know, she still had a close relationship with her when they yeah. didn't. It just, like, sucks. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. I can imagine being Mariah. I can't imagine being Mariah's mom. And Absolutely. doing that to Mariah. But it makes so much sense as to why she is so like festive and over the top and so celebratory and wanting to create familial relationships, not only with, you know, her kids now, but yeah. especially her Dem fans. Babies. Yeah. Them babies. And I Dem like babies. how she's clearly learned from all of her experiences that like I never doubted Mariah Carey as a mom, but now I'm like, you've clearly worked through your trauma. Like, you've yes. broken those generational curses. And we will get to this when we talk about the emancipation part. Exactly. This I is love just that a little section. foreshadowing. I am so excited to talk about that it's section. It's so, like, the divas and then the devo section. That, mm-hmm. was, that was fun to read. Um, but there's one last thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to read it. The last line of this chapter, if you will, or this part. She says, and after all that shit, Loverboy ended up being the best-selling single of 2001 in the United States. Periodicalism. <laughs> Did you hear that last sentence? Wait, no, I didn't. I'm real. Like, uh, you know who that's that. a clap back to? Who? Jennifer Lopez. Her song, Wait. I'm Real. Oh, she really doesn't like. See, her. you really <laughs> thought you thought I mean, again. I don't listen to Jennifer Lopez like that. Like, I, I know, know that, but you gotta and, like, understand. You gotta read between the lines. Two thousand tens. I know, I know, but you gotta read between the lines. Never take anything this woman says with a grain of salt, because she's always being shady. Damn, that's actually really funny. <laughs> like fuck you, bitch. Damn. Whew! But what a part! What a section! This. We were going through the trenches in this chapter, but... We were really going through the trenches. Yeah. But like you said, this next section is so fun, lighthearted. There are some sad moments, I mean, with Nick and the whole marriage, but... Yeah. It's not really that sad, though. At least I didn't think. We'll, well get yeah. to it. We'll I think get she to it. really came to terms with it. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing I want to talk about. My conspiracy theories on that marriage... <laughs> We'll leave that. I'm excited for, next for that because I'm a person that loves exper- conspiracy theories, especially the stupid ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the that's dumb we one talk that's like Jack from Titanic is actually a time traveler. Yeah, I eat it. <laughs> I fully believe it. I fully believe it. Uh, I I back that up too. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll be back 
with our book nook with the emancipation section and that's going to be closing off our book nook for the meaning of mariah carey um i hope you enjoyed hope you get to read in that next section and we will talk to you soon